Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. We're going to jump right in, back into the episode, and hear Josie's paranormal Real Hauntings. So first one was, I was about 10 years old, and I think I was between 8 and 10, and it was in Little Italy, in Ontario. At that time, kids were allowed to take care of their brothers and sisters. My mother had gone to the doctor, and I was sitting on the porch. My infant brother was in his crib, so I was sitting there on the porch. It was basically in, I think it was in the summer, and a woman, a, 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 no, an elderly woman, and you see a lot of the, these little ladies in Little Italy with a black dress, black stockings, walking around. I mean, typical, you know, I didn't think much of her because I saw her them. But the difference is that she came up to, to the stairs. It was like a two tier stairs. And then you get to the porch and she just walked right by me. She completely ignored me and she went into the house. And I thought, what the hell? So I followed her. She went into my brother's room or my mother's bedroom and she was looking just staring at my baby brother in the crib. And then she was there for about a minute and then she just disappeared. I was shocked. <laughs> and my mother had come in 10 minutes after, 15 minutes, I think. And I explained it to her, what happened to me. And she couldn't explain it. And I was, that was my first experience. I was left wondering what the hell was that? I had no clue. I didn't understand. You're only eight years old, 10 years old. And I kept saying, she disappeared. What was she doing? She just looked at my brother. She looked at looked him over, and then she just disappeared. Really creepy. Yes. Was she in full color or like grayscale? How how did she look? She looked in full. She looked like a typical person that you would see on the street. As far as you knew, until she disappeared, there was an actual person in exactly. your house. Exactly. And the thing is, she just she just ignored me though. She didn't even hmm. acknowledge me. She just went up the stairs into the house and that was it. <laughs> and then she just disappeared. And when you say disappeared, because so much of our audience has had- Can we kind just of... say vanish? Oh yeah, no, no that's fine. <laughs> but I mean, when you, so much of our audience has had like little piecemeal experiences or no experiences. So mm -hmm. I think it's it's good to really lay out what it, it's like to see an apparition so when you say disappeared did, was it one of those things where like you turned around and looked away and you looked back and she was gone no. or did you see her physically i just saw her physically vanish, vanish. wow pretty <laughs> rude for to just like show up ignore you and then just be gone <laughs> 
what a first child experience though for the the next child to take all the attention when you're at 10 and just be ignored not speaking from experience so you had another <laughs> experience after that well I had a few so this was when I was about 18 and we're four sisters and I we shared a room four of us shared a room <laughs> but I went to bed and just as I was falling asleep it was dark I was relaxing you know how it is right before you sleep uh, now, I guess you can call it an apparition appeared and it looked like a monk, a monk's robe. And it was darker than the dark of the room. It was, you could actually see the imprint, the, the figure. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, I froze. I was in shock. I started panicking. And then a white one appeared. A white one, a white monk appeared or a white robe. Mm -hmm. uh, the white robe went into or kind of m melted into the black one, raised the, the arms and disappeared, raised his arms and disappeared or raised the shot, raised his robe, you know, like the arms because he had the robe. And that was my the second experience that I remember. And I was completely shocked. I ran down the stairs and then my sister goes, why do these things happen to you? You know, she goes, you're not you know, you should be a creative writer. Like you're, you know, you're, you're not using your mind. Like she didn't, she goes, why does it happen to you and not to me? But after I was so disturbed by that and quite upset, I was about 18 and uh, I did actually go see someone. I went to see a psychiatrist because I thought mm -hmm. I was going nuts and uh, I was expecting a diagnosis, <laughs> you know, like, and he goes, uh, what you saw was an apparition. And I, at that time, didn't know the definition of apparition. I did not know the term. That's why I said it was an apparition. So I go, what is an apparition, right? And, he, and I go to him, well, what? He goes, well, you don't show any signs. He goes, you would be, you'd be getting messages about being told what to do, or they're telling you, like, you know, you'd be, you don't look like you're in psychosis. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have any of the other, you know, outward symptoms of, you know, say, for example, schizophrenia, because that's what I thought, maybe, you know, hallucinations. He goes, you know what? You have no other, he goes, you saw, he goes, he goes, it was an apparition. And I went, okay. I was so relieved and I left and that was it. He didn't ask for a second app appointment or anything. I just left and that was it. I said, okay, it was an apparition until, you know, in the future, if anything else happens, we could explain it, right? But that's what he said to me. Hmm. That was quite interesting that a psychiatrist would say that. Wow. That was really yeah. weird. Well, I definitely want to talk about that. I do want to circle back to the experience itself. So JJ, you grow up, you grew up uh, around religion a good bit when you were young. To me, that story sounds um I don't know why, but it just resonates. It sounds like it would be a more religious spiritual experience, what she witnessed. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I um you know, we didn't have monks or anything. But, uh, I, call oh, I call it the monk because I call it the robe because I didn't see a face. Yeah, I just saw the robe. Like, you know, when you, the San Franciscan monks, mm -hmm. you know, like how they're dressed with those hoods. Right. Uh, I call it the monk. That's yeah. why I call it the monk <laughs> or the, or the monks because there's two of them, whatever I saw. I mean, it, it resonates to me on a spiritual level more with 
growing up with Star Wars than than like actual <laughs> religion for me personally. JJ, I was thinking right. the same thing, and I just didn't want to say it. That is so funny. But like, that oh, but that's before, so spooky. But, but what I saw was before Star Wars. I, it's so cool that you have like that validation from a psychiatrist. Of oh life. yeah, I was so disturbed. By yeah, the differentiating. You know, this is what schizophrenia how like that would manifest itself exactly. but drawing a line between like what you saw so we as host of the podcast we try to be mental health forward on the podcast you know you'll hear us talk about you know for alexa pro or whatever and we try to be very open and honest and it's this it's podcast such a is sponsored by alexa pro and Adderall. should be it's such a hard thing to do with the paranormal because it's you know i, I feel like naysayers of the paranormal go towards well what about this mental health issue or this thing so it's it's really interesting to hear that you yourself went and explored the mental health aspect of like is that why i'm having these experiences exactly. and then and then for them to tell you well no you don't meet you know this criteria or this criteria or this criteria maybe it was an apparition that's exactly not something you hear very often so thank you <laughs> no for i was shocked <laughs> I was completely shocked when I went to look up the definition. Maria, what is that like for you as somebody who has had some, you know, pretty significant experiences? Granted, you know, I, I think you feel like maybe, well, it's just like these two kind of things and smaller things. But like I said, most people go their entire life without having one of those things happen. To hear that validation that your mom got, does that kind of give you some peace of mind with the experiences you have? Yeah, I've never ever questioned my mental health with what I with what I saw ever. Um, but hearing a professional, especially back then, you know, val validate my mom's experiences that she wasn't suffering from mental illness, that to me just makes my experiences feel more true and real, I guess. I've yeah. I've never heard of anyone else going to a psychiatry for you know, for seeing apparitions, you know, my mom's the, the only person that I've heard of doing that. And so it, it, yeah, it, it makes, especially from someone who has, you know, as a psychiatrist, you go to medical school, right? You're not, yeah. you're not taught about that side of, of things. Um, you're, it's all about science and facts. And so it just made me that much more of a believer that someone with that background you think would, would be the least person to, likely to believe it. Josie, did you ever get any explanation of what that entity or those entities you saw may be? Did you ever hear of any like stories of that? Only from what I had validation from listening. You know, it was it's very interesting to me. I had a sister-in-law of mine talk about her experience with a, with when she was pregnant, she was taking a nap and she woke up from a nap and saw the monk the black monk at the corner and disappeared, but didn't see the white looking, just the black. So for me, that was validating. So I had that experience or she told me her story. So for me, I it, even listening to other stories, it's a validation. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's very interesting how they're so similar. Why are we, a lot of us experiencing this? What is going on? Wow, I can't believe your sister saw that too. And forgive me because I don't know as much about the lore of Canada. I only know the typical American, you know, uh, what what we know of Canada. The depictions of monks anywhere in the culture of sub or subculture of where you were at that time? Not that I know of. So my mom, I don't know. her family is Catholic Italian. Like they actually immigrated from Italy. Mm -hmm. My mom was born in Italy 
immigrated here. So very staunch Catholicism. Because um, I never really heard of it depicted as monks either. I just, I carry that term down from what I learned from my mom and, and yes. her family as well. So I've always assumed it was because of, it was some kind of Catholic, Italian Catholic term that was, we actually never discussed it until today. So I'm curious. That's my too, description um, as to yeah. why, you know, what I've seen as per the religion, religious images. What part of Italy are you from? Sicily. That's a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful place. So you were 18. You you went and had your visit and they, they told you, you know, you don't have these issues. It, it probably was an apparition. Did things continue to happen to you after that? No. And that's the thing. It wasn't a continuous thing that happened. So that happened. And then, you know, uh, everything's good. I'm fine. No problem. No, no other experiences. And then uh, I get married. I, I'm married at 21 and we purchase a home. And there, then I had an experience there and I was 22 years old, my next experience. Yep. And uh, so should I, so this is really interesting to me because um, a lot of women, single women or women by themselves seem to have had this experience as well. So I find that quite fascinating. It's a pattern that I've noticed upon listening <clears throat> to other um, women's experiences. I haven't heard a man experience it unless you have. I, I can tell you right now that I have not. <laughs> yeah, I'm just good. any any paranormal no. experience. Pretty sure I have not had that. My husband was leaving for work. He was talking about how do you really want to go? We're talking. It was raining, and I was still in bed. He got up to leave, and I was awake. It was like six in the morning, so I was I was contemplating whether I should get up or stay in bed. And all of a sudden, I heard the key, like, it, it's a smaller home, so you can hear. I heard the key at the door. I heard him come in. He goes, oh, I changed my mind. I said, oh, okay. It was raining. And he, uh, his work is outdoors. He goes, I changed my mind. I don't really feel like going to work. I said, oh, okay. And he started chatting. I can hear the footsteps. Like, and then he comes to the um, doorway of the bedroom. And I was kind of taken aback. Because I saw my husband, um, but he was transparent. I could see the figure, but I could see through him. And also, he was a little bit, um, he was floating, like he, his feet were not on the ground. And it was kind of weird because I could hear the footsteps, I could hear the keys, I heard the footsteps in the hallway. But when he came to the doorway, all I saw was a transparent person, well, my husband and him. And then I go, are you? And then I thought, oh my God, something happened. Something happened to him. And now I'm seeing his spirit. And I go, are you okay? And he goes, yeah, I'm fine. Why? I go, okay. And as he was walking across the bedroom, around the bed, he was coming back into bed. He turned solid, became solid. I'm just like, what is going on here? I was silent. Mm -hmm. I was freaking out. And I was quiet. I was trying to figure out what was going on. I was like, okay, what's happening? Comes into bed. Um, he has the, the, the bed sheet up to his nose. And he's hugging me. And I turn around. I go, are you sure you're okay? And I pull down the sheet, the bed sheet. And as soon as I do that, he's, it, he starts laughing really loud. 
his face, his face transforms, his face turns red, I could see the veins, and then he disappears. The thing disappears. I don't know what it was. It looked to me, I would call it like, you know, they say like an even, like a dark, he, his hair went dark. My husband's pretty light. His hair got black. His face was really red from laughing. His veins were jutting out, just thinking it was a big, it was funny. And then he just laughed. He left. Like, like his eyebrows are dark. And then he just disappeared. And of course, I got up. I freaked out. And I, <clears throat> I sat in the living room frozen. Not, he, nobody was there except me. And I didn't know what had just happened. It was six in the morning. So I think within 15, 20 minutes, all that happened. Not even 10 minutes, Gosh. maybe. Yeah. And that it's was like my next experience. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's like one of those uh, shape-shifting things on Harry Potter. The only way you can make them leave is if you make them laugh. That's horrifying. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) So it's like, I've heard that story before. Uh, I don't know if you've heard it yourself with other women talking about it um we've had people yeah we we've had people on talk about um definitely talking about how spirits can mimic the voice of loved (laughs) ones um Mm -hmm. not a ton where the spirits are actually taking on the bodily form of a loved Mm -hmm. one i haven't i mean and we've been doing this almost four years i don't think we've had a a ton of stories like that so that's that's really fascinating so maria you hear this story and i'm I'm sure it's not the first time you've heard this story 
what is it like knowing that your your mom is seeing you know not only like just your run of the mill ghost story but <laughs> like entities or or really interacting with her on a high level what is it like knowing that terrifying as as a kid especially my mom I would make her tell me these things and my friends over and over again when we were, when we were little um but it's terrifying to know that it happened to her because obviously she's my mom I trust her I believe her I know I know her she's not the kind of person to make the stuff up so for me it's something that was so tangible and possible of happening to me and really made it hard for me to sleep at night sometimes Sorry, Maria. Um, it's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's okay. I'm fine now. Um, <laughs> but my as my mom said, like I've heard this with from one other person that I that I know actually just this weekend shared a very similar experience to my mom. So just re- reinforced it for me. But it did cause mm. a lot of fear of fear growing up. And it terrifying. I'd always try and visualize myself in her position and what would I do if that was actually happening to me I don't know I would probably freeze I don't I don't know what I would do how I would react just a lot of courage to go through something like that I remember just when we were younger trying to when internet became a thing looking it up to see to try and explain situations like that if if anyone else has experienced it but Oh man, Maria, that was young internet too. Those are some, <laughs> those are some wild, wild west days. You no get one, on no the... one could talk on the phone <laughs> yeah. for an hour. I needed to dial up and get on there for five. I feel minutes, like those websites know? would always have like some kind of like crazy MIDI file playing, you know, that made it feel like super creepy. And yeah, oh man, you're really taking me back there. So, um, Josie, did your husband? Were you ever like, who forgot to flush the toilet? Would he ever just be like, no, it was the entity. It wasn't me. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> No, he goes, why is it always happening to you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Seems to be a theme in your your life where people are like, why not me? And you're like, you don't want this. Like, chill out. <laughs> so you were 22, I think you said when that happened? I was about 22, yes. Did it end for you there or did you continue to have experiences? Well, this is a thing. It happened and then I didn't have it for a very long time again. So the next time that I can remember was we had moved to BC. Victoria, beautiful place, beautiful Victoria. There Seen was- it on House Hunters, but that's- yes. <laughs> so it was in the house that we moved to in Victoria, and there were a lot of little things that were happening in that home. But there was one highlight, one big thing that happened to me. The other little things, like you know, knock, rapping on my door three times, the toilet seat going up and down, little things like that. And I thought, is it the wind? No, it was a definite knock, knocks. Three knocks, I would hear uh, the toilet seats going up and down even, and I checked to make sure the toilet seat was going down. So maybe it's loose. I would, you know, I would tighten the, the toilet seat, little things like that. But this one major thing that happened was one night, my husband had gone, he, he was in Toronto and it was a summer night. And it was in, in where I lived has, there's no lights. It's like being in the country is beautiful city, but in that area it was just country, like lots of, it was a, it was a full moon. And so the, the moon, the light of the moon, you could see a lot in the bedroom, lit up the whole bedroom. I had woken up to shaking on my shaking. Somebody, as if somebody's trying to wake me up, you know, shaking the bed to, to wake me up. My son, my 10-year-old son was sleeping with me because he had had a fever. So I was taking care, looking after him. And so I wake up and I see this old man at the end of my bed, sitting on my bed. And he was solid. 
and he looked, he had a lot of white hair. He looked like if you could see Albert Einstein with a lot of white hair, that crazy white hair, that's what mm -hmm. it looked, looked like. He had a black suit on and a white shirt, no tie. And he was sitting at the edge of my bed and I freaked out. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what am I seeing? What am I seeing? And I, he, as soon as he saw me panic, he told me he put, he, he, he started to see that I was panicking and he started to point at my son, you know, pointing at my son. And I started to pray because that's the only thing I could think of to do to get rid of what I was seeing. As soon as I started to pray, he started to levitate. It was like, you know, it, he looked like he was being handled by a puppeteer. He just started, it was, it's crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but this is my experience. He started to levitate up. He went across the room. My TV was at the corner of the bed. So he just, it's like he had a cord on him, a cord, and it was taking him along across the room and then vertically up above the TV. And then he just, I, he disappeared that way. I don't know why he didn't just vanish. I didn't know why he was giving me this show, but that's what I saw. <laughs> and it was crazy, crazy. But it, he looked amiable. He didn't look threatening. He looked like an old, you know, an older man. You know, he didn't look threatening at all. And he panicked when I started to panic. He saw that I panicked. And then he started, he pointed at my son as if, don't panic, right? Like, you know, I don't know what he was trying to tell me, just pointed at my son, that's all. And then I just said, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this. And, uh, and that I had experience, yeah. Do you think he was a former resident of that location or...? So I did ask my neighbor if anyone passed away in that play, in the house. And they, they said no. They said nobody passed away. And the house was, um, I think the house was built in, nine, in the 60s. And it was 19, it was 1990s. It was 1992, 93. We had moved to Victoria. So, yeah, I don't understand why I would be experiencing why we would be experiencing all these little things. Now, as an aside, I should mention that the former owner, and my husband told me this later, he thought it was funny, but I didn't think it was funny. He didn't tell me. So the former owner had told him after we purchased the home that it was haunted. Lovely. And when you're already somebody who is predispositioned to see, <laughs> see ghosts, that's exactly what you want to hear, right? And we'll just say that this former owner of this home is a detective. I, don't, I won't give what kind, but very rational, mm -hmm. you know, very high up kind of person. Yeah. So Maria, your experiences took place in that home, right? Mm -hmm. It was that home. Yeah. Uh, now, as that was happening to you, Maria, were you aware that your mom was having these other experiences happen to her at all? So I think that one happened when I was a bit older. I think I was, I must've been 12 if, if he was 10. So as I got older, my mom was more open with sharing these experiences with me. I think I was maybe, maybe nine or 10 when she started telling me these things. She thought I could handle it. Um, so I believe, I, I, I believe she told me right after this happened because we were trying to figure out who this person was that visited her. We're thinking, oh, maybe he was pointing to my brother to say, you know, I have his name because in Italian culture, you kind of pass along names from your from mm -hmm. your relatives, right? So we're like, maybe it's a relative trying to signal who they are. 
because my brother was sick at the time. So it was maybe saying, you know, he's sick, watch out, be careful. So we're worried he was going to get sicker, but he didn't. He had a high fever. He had a high yeah. fever. So we're wow. all the speculation. We're trying to figure out what was going on. Well, brave women make brave women. I don't think I could be that strong. So kudos <laughs> to the two of you. Josie, did you have any more experiences from there you wanted to share? I'm trying to think here. I, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. Yes, I had a few, but these are different places and years later, things like I didn't have a lot of, you know, success. Um, the one major one was when I moved to this recent house that I live in now. So you're still having active experiences in your life. It, I, not a lot of them. I had one major one. Um, yes, but they're wow. major, like they're like dramatic. Like, you know, as I recounted to you, I don't yeah. have any in between, you know? <laughs> well, let's hear this most recent, uh, major haunting. And I would you say, yeah. And it, it didn't just, it recently, when I say recent Maria, how do you, how long ago? Do you remember? Five years ago. Yes. My husband had gone on a trip and I was by myself uh, in the office, 930 at night. I was in the office, this office, as a matter of fact that I'm in right now. And at that time I had two little dogs, two little Shih Tzus. And we were hanging out. I was doing some work on a Saturday night and it was, it was winter. And so I, um, all of a sudden it was quiet. It was dead quiet. And all of a sudden I hear a man moaning, a man's moan as if in pain, a man moaning in pain. And uh, it seemed to be coming, I'm on the second floor. And it seemed to have been coming from um, the vents. That's where they were coming from. I opened the window to see if uh, it was any noise was coming from the outside. When the um, there was no wind, and it, it seemed to have becoming concentrated on, concentrated in the house. And I was by myself, and the dog started to bark. So with with the moaning of the man and the dogs barking, I ran out of the room really fast. And I went into my bedroom and uh, then uh, I'm in the bedroom. I don't hear the moaning, of course, because I left that area. And then all of a sudden, all the walls started, there was a lot of rapping, like knocking on all the, all the walls. And um, then I called, so I freaked out. I didn't know what it was. The dogs were barking because they heard it too. There's a lot of rapping, like uh, quite a bit. And then I called you, Maria, and uh, saying, I don't know, should I call the police? Is there somebody, you know, could there be somebody here? And uh, then it stopped as if nothing happened. I think it was about five minutes, five to 10 minutes, and then it stopped. Then what happened was, so I, I, I told Maria what happened. Uh, I, I couldn't explain it. My husband comes back from his trip, he was in Cuba, and I told him the story. And he goes, oh, did it happen around Saturday night? Night? I go, uh, yeah. Why? And he goes, oh, I, I was taught, I was with a priest. They have a pre priest or some, I really don't understand what it was. Some uh -huh. kind of spirit. And basically they were telling him that they had, there was two spirits in my house, in the house. And one spirit was a cousin that had committed suicide. And the other one was an evil mm. spirit. And they were trying to get rid of it at the time that I was listening to all this. So when I was listening to all this, it was because in Cuba, this supposed person was getting rid of 
getting rid of these spirits. And that was what all of the kerfuffle was about. We did, he did have a cousin that had, did commit suicide. So that would make sense because I'm not going to describe exactly what happened, but the moaning, that's my, sorry, that was my, Bed that time. was my, do not. Okay. Do not. <laughs> I was like, was that just me that I heard that? <laughs> I was no, like, no, fuck no, it, no, I'm no. out. <laughs> that was my, do not disturb mode on my phone, sorry. Jeez. I think that's the first kerfuffle we've had said on the podcast. So thank you for sharing that. Um, damn, you have uh, you have lived a life with a lot of hauntings. That is fascinating. And thank you for sharing those. So just to kind of recap that one, because I mean, they're all pretty intense, but that one sounded that was yes. really thematic. Yeah. And, yes. So, so your husband is talking to a priest, some kind of religious figure in Cuba. Some kind of, yes. And is trying to essentially excommunicate these spirits from your home while you're or in the exercise, house or exercise. exercise. Yes. And as that is happening, you're hearing what sounds like a man in pain and then moaning. Yes. And moaning. And then the walls pain. start banging uh, everywhere, kind of like a Saturday night for JJ. And then. <laughs> Once that happens, <laughs> once that happens, and you talk to your husband, do you feel relief knowing that there is some sort of explanation, or is it all just like I'd rather this not happen? Why is this happening? I have a relief for the explanation, of course. There is yeah. some relief, but I was also quite annoyed. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that I wasn't warned, you know. Mm. And the, and the thing too is the dogs also heard it, so that kind of further reinforces to me that it's it's not my craziness have you but ever, I might not just be, you know yeah I mean I know these experiences can be pretty paralyzing now I have not had anywhere the volume of experiences you've had but the ones I've had I mean the fear has been pretty paralyzing so I certainly understand that have you ever tried to record any of these happenings I've written them down not record them, them what do you mean yeah. when they're happening yeah, like grabbed your oh, phone no. or anything like that. Oh no, I, I was too scared at the moment. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I get it. Thinking about recording because yeah, I'm I get too it. panicked, right? I mean, I wish I had recorded what was happening, but I was by myself. I all I wanted to do was get away from the area. Yeah. You know, I wasn't thinking, oh, I should record this. That was so terrifying to me that but maybe next time. Not that I want <laughs> it to happen to you again, but next time it happens, record it. Okay. JJ, did you have any uh, follow-up questions for Josie before we wrap up? Thanks for sharing. I mean, that was... You're welcome. Super creepy stories. And no, Noah, that is now every Saturday night. It's like, I just... (laughs) Since Kat's not here, I just have to go to your your jokes. (laughs) Thank you. I was trying to figure out a way to make that joke without it being... Anyway, I think it it worked. Nothing like explaining a joke. All of that was stunning. Maria, mm. thank you so much for reaching out and setting this up. Both you and your mom's stories are really unforgettable. So yeah, we'll we'll wrap up. Josie, are you I'm guessing you're fluent in Italian? I am. Maria, are you? Shame. No, I'm just kidding. Can you uh, say ooh, you sound, you sound like my Italian? aunts and uncles? <laughs> Uh, well, Josie, I would love it. So, so let me just kind of explain. So the way we wrap up every episode, I'll say my name, JJ will say his name. Maria will say her name, you'll say your name, and then we all go, ooh, at the end. Before we do that, uh, I would love for you to say, 
thank you for listening to the Real Hauntings podcast in Italian, and then we'll go okay. into yeah. that. Uh, grazie tanto per ascoltare la Real Hauntings podcast. And with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. I'm Marie. I'm Josie. Ooh. Wait, your name's Marie, and I've been calling you. Mar- Have I been calling you Maria this whole podcast? I, I go by both. Oh, because you probably call me Maria because my mom calls me Maria. Okay, well that makes me feel better. Emily calls me Maria, so you're good. Okay. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.